My name is Amanda Nafash, and I am the owner and intuitive coach at Inner Calling, LLC. Welcome to the Inner Calling Podcast, where we talk to people who feel they embody their personal inner callings and see the paths they took in life to lead them to where they are today. Okay, here we go. Episode one of the Inner Calling Podcast. Welcome. This is your host, Amanda Nafash, and if I don't already know you, nice to meet you and thanks for listening. So today I'm going to talk a bit about myself and how Inner Calling got started. Um, So towards the end of my senior year of college, I was required to do some career readiness training through the Career Center on campus, which to be fully transparent, I had been putting off till the last minute. I had just been waitlisted for the advanced standing graduate program I was planning and dreaming about for the four years prior to that. Um, So it felt like a bomb going off right in the middle of my perfectly organized game of life trajectory I had set up for myself. I was uh, really stressed out, overworked, and I wasn't looking forward to these last minute assignments. These assignments ended up being arguably the most important ones I was ever required to complete in college, funnily enough. I had a passion for social work and helping people, learning all the amazing and incredible facets of people and what makes them work, but I just did not know my niche at that point. Um, I had thorough internship experience in clinical settings, service work, fundraiser planning, the works. I started out at um, community college and my first internship was in the daycare on campus and I had dreams of running my own daycare. And I loved my experience with those kids. I made a lot of impact in children's lives, but pretty quickly into the internship, I realized that I did not want to run my own (laughs) daycare. Um, Following that internship, I actually worked doing all of the like behind the scenes work, running a fundraiser for um, the client base actually was Um, high schoolers from low-income households in the STEM field, but um, my job was all the -the behind-the-scenes work, so I really didn't face any clients, and it was just kind of really learning how much work goes into keeping nonprofits running, Um, like all the legwork that they really have to do to stay funded by the state and wherever else they get their funds from. Um, So I definitely learned a lot there, but I realized that I could never do a job in the social work field where I was not client facing because that really was the rewarding part of it for me. And I felt like I missed out on that during that internship experience. Um, After that, I headed into a more clinical internship space where I was working at a day program running group and individual therapy for adults with chronic mental illness. And again, I mean, super rewarding. Definitely you got to see that impact that you made and I felt Like, I really made an impact on people's lives, and I got a great experience, Um, but I found myself really worn out. Um, You know, when people say taking the job home, I mean, that was definitely something where I went home and I was exhausted, and I was thinking about clients and worrying about clients when I was in class or worrying about them when I was at home and supposed to be enjoying my time with the people around me. Um, and so again, I was kind of in a place where I, I just didn't know what was going to work for me. Um, as far as choosing a more specific job within the social work field. 
Um, and up until that point, I had hoped that my experience in graduate school would help me hone in on a job title that would really fulfill me. Um, I love to su support small businesses, but I never saw that as a potential path for myself at that point in my education. And here's why. Um, I knew the traditional route of social workers, and it was to work for a government agency, be overworked, and underpaid until finally licensed, and then potentially going off and starting a private practice. And side note, I am in no way discrediting people who choose this path of clinical work. I have so much respect for my colleagues in the field, and though I truly believe you all deserve to be treated and paid better, I am in awe of all the amazing work you do every day for the general population, and I absolutely want that to be heard and understood, um, because people rely on social workers way more often than I think the general public even knows. Um, social workers are in pretty much every single space where help is being provided to people. And I think that that's really amazing and what drew me to the field like when I was 18, first starting my education. Um, with all that being said, uh, the clinical route and the route of working for a government agency for an unknown amount of years was not the right choice for me to make. So with all of that being said again, um, this mock interview assignment gets thrown my way and I also was required to do a resume and a cover letter. I was dreading it, but I begrudgingly started the projects and I loved it. I was required on a Saturday at 9 a.m. to be on campus in business casual clothes, prepared to mock interview for hours. And anyone who's been to college or been anywhere between the ages of 18 and 22 and having to get up on a Saturday at 9 a.m. and get dressed nice and be on your most professional, um, in your most professional mindset, ready to interview... Anyone in that area could probably agree that that's not something you would be looking forward to. Um, however, I went and I tried my best and I had a fantastic time. Um, and this day really revived my hope and my plans for the future. Uh, so immediately after that event, I reached out to my career advisor and I asked what I could do to find a job doing just that. I was all in. I wanted to be a career advisor. It didn't matter that I may no, lo no longer be going through my dream grad school program. I found something I loved. The next day, I got my acceptance letter. <laughs> all thoughts of not continuing to graduate school were once again thrown out the window as I was launched back into my original five-year plan. I was a big long-term planner back then. So after finishing my degree, I had a beautiful three days before summer classes began for my master's. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was still hearing, like, can I still be doing this work while I'm getting my degree? How can I, you know, weave this help into um, a job one day? Like, if I go through with my master's of social work, how can I incorporate, like, this career advisement, you know, style work into that? Um, and so this is where the seeds were planted for Inner Calling. After extensive conversations with my own career advisor, I began offering resume and cover letter help to family, friends, and anyone of 
those people referred my name out to, basically. Um, so shortly after doing that, one of my good family friends reached out to me and asked if I would help her family with the college search and application process for her daughter, who was a rising junior in high school at the time. Um, Anna, if you're listening by any chance, thanks for being the best first college coaching client ever. Uh, our session went really well, and I began feeling much more confident in my ability to help not only adults, but also adolescents become their most professional selves. Um, and that was my first slogan, by the way. Um, but I definitely saw an impact and my ability to make a more individualized session with a high school student than a guidance counselor um, in a high school would be able to simply because guidance counselors will have, you know, well over a hundred students on their caseload. And there's just absolutely no way that they have enough time to get as specific and individual with their students with a 15 minute meeting that I can in an hour and a half session with them. Um, and I really felt like I could make an impact there. And that was a really defining moment, I would say, in my career as well. Uh, so I started doing these sessions. Not too often, as social work graduate school does not leave you with much free time, but I continued in those pockets of free time to pursue this business venture. As I furthered my education, I started to establish a more detailed concept for what I wanted to do as well. Um, I knew I wanted to offer pro bono services to anyone graduating out of foster care. I knew I wanted to offer sliding scale options because being accessible was and still is a pri priority to me. Um, and I also knew I wanted to have this podcast because to this day, two of my favorite things in the world are storytelling and hearing people be passionate about something important to them. So now we've reached the fall semester, the first full-time semester of graduate school for me. Um, a good part of the story. <laughs> so my internship in graduate school was one of the most rewarding and challenging experiences of my life. I was thrown into so many new experiences and forced to believe in myself more times than I could count, and I am so much more confident in my public speaking and mentorship skills because of it. In that small office with the small student staff I supervised, I had finally felt like a professional for the first time. It was there that I learned how crucial networking was. I started to dive into the importance of using sites like LinkedIn to remain connected to all of the colleagues we cross paths with. Um, it was also through the meaningful connections I made with each of my students at the Women's Center and LGBTQ plus services that I knew for certain I would incorporate mentorship into every aspect of my career possible. I also had the opportunity to sit in on so many professional staff meetings um, to speak on behalf of a group of people and to learn how to do that in the most respectful way and to know when I needed to step back and um, give my platform to others for them to share because that's definitely something that I wouldn't have found on my own. I needed to have an opportunity given to me to kind of learn that and by being in all of these important meetings and by having this connection um, to a group of people that spoke for like a larger population, I really just had a more enriching experience. Um, so come March of 2020, my spring break turned into an extended time on lockdown, virtual grad school, remote internship, and lots of time to think 
Uh, this time was absolutely what gave me the courage to start my own business so soon after graduating. Um, I laid down the groundwork for my business. I reached out to every small business owner I knew, which became another philanthropy of inner calling, supporting small businesses and consciously choosing to shop small and local, especially during a year when so many were financially hurting from the state of the world. Um, and I do just want to take a second to acknowledge that I am so unbelievably blessed and lucky to have been able to um, take that time where I was home and work on planning this business because I know a lot of people were in a much worse off place than I was and I am so thankful to be where I am and where I was at that time as well. So with that being said, <laughs> I've left my personal life out of the intro to this story, uh, but life doesn't happen in boxes and compartmentalizing life into perfect categories isn't realistic, so let's get personal. Here goes nothing. Uh, the 2019 to 2020 academic year challenged me emotionally and spiritually like never before. I moved four times and went through a very painful and unexpected breakup. Um, a lot of times I felt like I had lost control over everything and control was something I craved at all times back then. And um, sometimes now too, if I'm being transparent. I wasn't taking care of myself the way I should have been, but I did wake up every day determined to heal a little bit more than the day before. And this was when I really started to explore spirituality. Through spirituality, I learned to love myself. I became so much more grateful for life, for the people in it, and for the everyday experiences I often took for granted. I dove into astrology, I sought out sound healings and aurasomotherapy, I explored tarot cards and past life regressions, and I not only learned about myself and healed, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, one of the most important aspects of spirituality to me has been learning to trust my own intuition. I make decisions with my gut, tuning into that inner knowing that we all have if we choose to listen to it. Um, using my intuition to talk to my clients as well as my students at the Women's Center only made me more confident that I had the right thing to say within me and trusting myself completely was the way to go. So I graduated with my master's degree in May and Inner Calling gained its LLC in June, two months before my 23rd birthday. Uh, starting this business was a leap of faith. I took a chance on myself and I believed that I could overcome whatever challenges were thrown my way. At Inner Calling, we have a mission to serve all people in need of professional coaching, incorporating both social work structure, resume writing, and academia with general life skills and spiritual intuition to create a multifaceted experience. Authenticity is so important, and our, brand, our individualized services help each session to be client-centered. Um, when branding Inner Calling, we made sure to weave the aspects of mentorship, small business endorsement, and networking into advertising the business on social media. Uh, you may notice that I often use we and us, and so although Inner Calling is my business and I'm the only employee, uh, it is because of so many mentors, friends, colleagues, and supportive family that I started the business in the first place. Um, in addition, my first intern, Abby, and all of the small businesses I hired in the first couple of months helped me establish the brand, so much so that it felt like a group project. And lastly, every client that sits down to work with me helps me grow as an individual and a coach. Um, so inner calling is what it is today and everything it will become in the future because connecting to others is what helps us understand and become more authentically ourselves. 
So I feel like I'm at a place where my personal inner calling is still unfolding and expanding every day. I've weaved some more spiritual services into what I do, like career card readings, channeling, and crystal ball work for those interested. I talk about my own intuition a lot, but I also encourage all of my clients to trust themselves and listen to their own gut intuition as well, because I feel that our inner calling feels right when we are making decisions, and all one needs to do is really tune into their body to know the right next step to make. My two favorite things to do are still to tell stories and to connect with people over their passions. Um, And I feel so blessed to do it as a part of my career. I am so grateful for life, for every challenge the universe has gifted me with, and I cannot wait to keep growing. I hope you'll come along with me as I learn about myself through other people. Blessings, y'all. Have a great weekend.